You know, I found out something interesting I did not know until about two weeks ago. Apparently, and this is every single day when the flag is lowered, that is the last time that flag will be used. So a flag is only used once. Each time the flag is brought down and it is folded neatly, it is given to a service member's family who may be retiring or maybe who have passed away or has some sort of honorary, is receiving an honor of some kind. And so the flag each day is renewed with a new Chinese flag, which is raised. Actually, I didn't know that until what, last year? And somehow I read about that. I was pretty shocked too. But I guess there are a lot of um, usage for that, right? Right. Um, and also they're given. They're not, I don't think all of them are stored in one place. That will be a lot of them. So that's something that a lot of travelers <laughs> coming into Beijing, like from other places in China, this is something, it's not just like an item, a spot to see, you know, a sight to see. It has spiritual meaning for the Chinese people. And it's like, I don't know if there is a, such a place in the States, um, like equivalent to that. Because in China, a lot of people, especially living in remoter places in China, parts of China, like say the Western parts uh, further away from China. It's a dream of a lot of uh, people living there to come to Beijing at least once in their lifetime and to come to the Tiananmen Square for the flag raising ceremony to at least see the uh, Forbidden Palace and hopefully yeah. they can get in. Now, normal days is OK. It's not that packed. But during the Golden Week, it's like when we say packed in China, like when it comes to these uh, tourist destinations, we mean packed. Like people to people, like front to back. So don't <laughs> don't go there during these golden week times. Welcome to the bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to the bridge. We are a show which connects east and west. My name is Jason, and today with me is Bebe. Hey, here comes nasal sounding Jason and nasal sounding Bebe. What a team! <laughs> Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Golden Week is here, and this year's holiday will be a whopping eight days away from work for many. Trains, flights, and hotels are sold out across China, and museums, parks, and other attractions will be slammed with crowds. Is it better to travel or stay put? What's your plan, baby? Well, you know me. If I can stay put, if I have the choice of staying put, I will stay right where I am on my chair in this studio. I will be joining you this time, baby. Really? I thought you were all over the place. Like you've been yeah. all over the place, right? Well, I was traveling. I was in um, Hanan recently, and I was also mm -hmm. in Zhengzhou and the Hangzhou Asian Games. However... I am so nice. tired <laughs> that I just mm. want a staycation. My wife has taken off to go to a Buddhist temple for a week. So I'm going to be enjoying mm -hmm. the home alone. <laughs> nice. Like buried in, I don't know, takeout cups and bowls. <laughs> I was pizza boxes. I was thinking walks in the park photography and writing nice. a science fiction novel. You're going to detox and completely relax. And I think because you have how many years now you've been in China? 11. 
11 years with 11 years of experience in your pocket. I think you know enough not to go to like these popular places during the golden week. Uh-oh. Have you learned your lesson no. by now? <laughs> uh, no. no? Uh, you know what? I love the crowds mm. and I want to do. I, see, here's the thing. There's an argument online that I'm involved with because oh. I'm in a lot of different social media platforms. And there are actually people outside of China saying that Chinese people are not going out. So it that is obviously a flat-faced lie. And it frustrates me and a lot of other people who live here in China, especially us expats who are involved in the Twitter community. Mm -hmm. So we go to these places to show that Chinese people are, you know, shopping. There's lines. So this is the perfect opportunity to show, you know, giant crowds of Chinese people consuming and covering things with, you know, so we're going to, I'm going to be taking Throwing so much money video. everywhere. Yeah. I'm going to well, be taking so much video, so much photography. Nice. And then I'm going to be like, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Proved you wrong. Wait. So what do they mean out? Like going out shopping or going outbound, like as in traveling to other countries? Well, no. Well, here's the thing. A guy said, oh, my friend, he's living in Shanghai mm-hmm. and he sent me these photos. He's really worried. And they had a picture of Starbucks literally before they opened in the morning. So the light of the sun is out a little, just enough to make it look like the light of day. Mm-hmm. And there's no one in there. But then a lot of people pointed out that it's locked and you can see that in the picture and there are no baristas. So like they're just, they're flat face lies. There are people in other countries making stuff up about China. And it's just for Mm -hmm. those of us living here who see that that's not true. It's very frustrating. You know, nothing bothers me more than an untruth. I understand. And speaking of that, like that example, I want to add something um, Sure. regarding Starbucks. There's so many Starbucks in Mm -hmm. China, but at the same time, there are more and more of these boutique little shops. Like where I live, this basically like the outskirts of Beijing, I'm near what, like the sixth ring or something, barely in Beijing. Wow. But even where there's a sixth ring. Yeah. Even (laughs) where I live, there are these boutique little coffee shops Mm. popping up. And I've Mm. there was like a new one that just came out. In July, like over the summer or maybe in June, I don't remember. It was so nice. It was right next to this like camping site. Mm -hmm. And I was so shocked because it was so chic. You know, it was like it's like something from Shanghai, not where I live here at the edge (laughs) of Beijing. So I've been going there and there's another little shop that almost within walking distance and they make really nice lattes and of consistent quality. Like they measure everything and everything looks pretty, nice cups and nice ambience and everything. So these are competitors to Starbucks. So I won't be surprised mm-hmm. if they have they face more challenges in the future because there's local shops popping up. Well, although that's not our topic today. But. Well, you know, I agree with Anyhow. you. I actually looked into this recently. I did a lot of research on it. And what you're absolutely right. Firstly, number one, you're totally right. There are all kinds of boutique ones, Arabica mm-hmm. and uh, Luckin. And, and there's Luckin's growing. Luckin grew, opened its 10,000th store this year, by the way. Wow. So people a couple years ago were saying Luckin's down on it, its luck. Well, they were wrong. And the people who invested in Luckin, doing mm-hmm. well. But beyond that, Starbucks has 6,500 stores in China. But their plan is by 2020. 
2025, the end of 2025, to have 9,500. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room That's for true. everyone. That's true. You know, there are a lot of people who like new Huawei Mate 60 Pro, which has come out and mm. it's just taken China by storm. Everyone loves it. And people are all over the interwebs saying, oh my gosh, this is the phone of the future. And it is. And I want one too. I, I, to be honest, I totally am going to buy one by the end of the year. But mm-hmm. I was in Hangzhou just uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, and I was walking by the Apple store and it was slammed for mm. the, the new Apple, you know, iPhone 15 or whatever. Right. And, I, you know, there was there were lines around the block there too. Mm-hmm. So even though Huawei is doing as better than ever before, and like the, the Huawei Mate 60 Pro is like the phone to have in China, mm-hmm. there's always room for competitors because 1.4 billion people buying stuff need a lot of stuff. That's why, you know, we say this is probably the biggest market out there. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. it's uh, not easy to judge it like with one line, like the economy is this way, the economy is that. It's a lot more complicated than that. And everything is fluid. And but when it comes uh, to traveling, I want to add something. Mm. So I'm a bit of a hermit. You know that, right? I like to stay home. Mm-hmm. Not much time for social life. Yeah. Partly because I'm a busy mom. Yeah. But then just the other day. I discovered Mm -hmm. that my hermit friend, so she's been like in her apartment for I don't know how many years, barely goes out ever. She was on a plane to Japan for traveling. And I was like, and she sent me a photo Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. she could listen to some of the shows that I was involved in from, you know, the past few years. She was like, oh, look, I can listen to your shows on this airplane. I was like, where are you going? She's like, oh, my husband and I, we're going to Japan to travel, you know, for some traveling. I'm like, you're supposed to be at home. (laughs) And she was like, I can't believe how packed everything is because so that was a few days ago. It's almost a week (laughs) before the golden week. And she's like, I picked the tickets in advance because she doesn't have to like work. So she she has free time. Mm -hmm. But I, she said, I didn't anticipate such amount of traveling, you know, by Chinese travelers. Yeah. And so there's a, I can sense a significant jump in the number of people going out and also domestically for traveling this, what is it? This golden week. So there are actually more than one golden week. This one is major golden week because for this year, not only do we have the October 1st, which is the national day holiday, usually it lasts for a week, but because the uh, mid-autumn festival comes in a little later this year. So the two kind of um, end up together. So this year, the holiday will be from, I think, the 29th of September all the way to the 6th of October. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the situation here is that there are at least two to three golden weeks. Like there's the Lunar New Year, right? Usually comes around in November. Mm. No, usually comes around in January and sometimes goes into February. And then there is the Labor Day holiday, which is actually in May in China. Mm. And people have like maybe not quite a week, but a few days off. And then there's the October Mm -hmm. Golden Week uh, for the National Day. And when we say people take this time off, I mean like all of the working Well, not all, but most of working people in the country. So can you imagine how many people Mm -hmm. are unleashed from their office cubicles and uh, traveling back home Mm -hmm. to unite with their families? Uh, Usually, you know, they unite with their families for the Lunar New Year celebration or Spring Festival. 
But for the October holiday, people tend to travel more. They take their kids because they're off from school and either domestic traveling or outbound, like out of the country. I think there's a lot more domestic travel right now. There seems to be a lot of excitement about going around inside China for even Chinese people. So I think, you know, and I was trying to book tickets to Xi'an a couple of weeks ago. Oh. And we had to hire Mm -hmm. an intermediary person or company to be (laughs) like awake at, I don't know, 11.59, 59 seconds to be like ready to click and buy us tickets and stuff. Mm -hmm. We ended up backing out of the deal, not because of the cost, because it was like 50 kuai to hire this person to make sure that we mm-hmm. got all the tickets and stuff. But we ended up not wanting to travel because we've already been traveling too much. The crowds. Well, not the crowds. Right. I love the crowds. I would have been happy to travel to Xi'an. But having come from, <laughs> you know, like Zhengzhou just now, I'm like, oh, I've had enough travel mm-hmm. for the moment. I think I could just stay at home. You know, and also Beijing. I really want to see Beijing. I, since I've been back, and this is like a year, more than a year, 14 months or something since I've been back in Beijing from Wuhan. I haven't had the time to go out. I've been so busy or traveling to other places that this week will be my like trip to Beijing <laughs> from home, you know? Usually, like for the other golden weeks in China, like for the spring festival in the winter and the May Day holiday, a lot of people from Beijing will actually travel outside Beijing. Right to other provinces and cities and even outside like countries. But for this particular holiday, a lot of travelers from other provinces in China will actually come to Beijing because it's such a significant day. We probably forgot to mention that October 1st, that's the national day in the U.S. That would be equivalent to what July 4th, mm, mm, which mm. is also a big deal. But maybe, but I don't think, does July 4th come mm-hmm. with a holiday, public holiday? Yes, July 4th. In Amer- and this is how we celebrate it in America. And in the United States, it's usually an opportunity for most people to go down to the lake, the local river or the local beach or whatever, mm-hmm. and like set off fireworks and eat hot dogs. And then like maybe people wave an American flag. And as sometimes people at midnight will shoot guns into the air. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, upwards. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that is definitely not a way to celebrate here in China. But I think the holiday here, this whole week-long celebration, is a bit more festive and with more items involved. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a very busy time. And I just want to say, before... Well, we got beer, hot dogs. Those are a lot of items. <laughs> well, yes. And fireworks. I remember the fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly small fireworks that, you know, even mostly even like kids can handle. Well, compared to the ones here in China. Yeah, for like oh, yeah. the Olympics oh, yeah. and all. But I just want to warn, quote unquote, warn travelers who are interested in visiting China during this time of the year. And I actually kindly advise you not to come to visit during this week because like <laughs> well i mean definitely not beijing and if you're planning on trying to see gugong you're not well, gonna be not xian <laughs> either right like terracotta warriors yeah. or any of those yeah, right, spots right. because well i mean if you try to go to tianmen for example and you want to see the flag there's no hmm. way those tickets are already like gone <laughs> there's no way it's not guaranteed yeah. so i'm guessing as an outsider who lives here i'm guessing the single most uh, paramount event will be the raising of the chinese flag in the morning yes of yes of, have you oh, ever what? oh i've gone to see it yeah but f- not like on the day there's no way it, since about three years ago you uh. can't go directly into tiananmen square anymore you need to have gotten a ticket the day before it's so packed yeah I, actually for this show i looked up when that happens 
because, you know, you think that, okay, maybe it's at a set time every day for the flag raising ceremony, but every day the time is a little different. Do you want to know the details? Oh, yeah. Let's learn. So basically the time when to raise the flags on Tiananmen Square goes according to when the sun rises, right? And specifically, it's mm. when the upper edge of the sun hits the horizon at Tiananmen Square. Uh. So horizon as in when you stand at Tiananmen Square. Uh -huh. And um, from January 11th to June the 6th, that usually happens. Well, it, it's... The time changes, right? So on uh, in January, on the 11th, it starts at 7.36 in the morning and then progressively gets earlier and earlier mm -hmm. until it hits uh, 4.36 in June, on the 6th of June. So every day, it's like it oh advances goodness. by just about wow. one minute. And then from June 7th to June 21st, it pretty much stays at like 4.46. So it's much harder if you want to go like in the summertime, you have to get up really early from your hotel at like 3 in the morning to go. Yeah, I've seen people making videos of their trip to Tiananmen Square for the flag raising ceremony. Like they take their little foldable chair or little stool, you know, like little chairs. Yeah, they take yeah, those sure. along because you're going to be like in line in queues to, you know, getting a, a nice spot. And then from June 22nd to the end of December, it starts from 446 and then goes back to 736 eventually. So every day it's a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, you should definitely look the time up. And as Jason mentioned, if you need a ticket, you probably have to get ready for all that the day before. You know, I found out something interesting I did not know until about two weeks ago. Apparently, and this is every single day when the flag is lowered, that is the last time that flag will be used. So a flag is only used once. Each time the flag is brought down and it is folded neatly, it is given to a service member's family who may be retiring or maybe who have passed away or has some sort of honorary, is receiving an honor of some kind. And so the flag each day is renewed with a new Chinese flag, which is raised. Actually, I didn't know that until what last year and somehow I read about that. I was pretty shocked too, but I guess there are a lot of um, usage for that, right? Right. Um, and also they're given, they're not, I don't think all of them are stored in one place. That will be a lot of them. So that's something that a lot of travelers coming into Beijing, like from other places in China, this is something, it's not just like an item, a spot to see, you know, a sight to see. It has spiritual meaning for the Chinese people. And it's like, I don't know if there is a, such a place in the States, um, like equivalent to that, because in China, a lot of people, especially living in remoter places in China, parts of China, like say the Western parts uh, further away from China, it's a dream of a lot of uh, people living there to come to Beijing at least once in their lifetime and to come to the Tiananmen Square for the flag raising ceremony to at least see the uh, Forbidden Palace and hopefully yeah. they can get in. Now, normal days is OK. It's not that packed. But during the Golden Week, it's like when we say packed in China, like when it comes to these uh, tourist destinations, we mean packed. 
like people to people, like front to back. So don't <laughs> don't go there during these golden week times. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, having lived in here in Beijing. But I would also like to say that there are equivalents to in the United States, mm-hmm. even though it's not as significant, maybe for July 4th. It's a big deal for Americans to go to Washington, D.C. at least once in their life. And for them, I would say mm-hmm. the highlight is either the Lincoln Memorial, mm-hmm. the Smithsonian, or taking a tour of the White House. So mm. one of those, we don't have a singular thing that is like the most powerful patriotic moment or, or uh, emblem of the United States. However, going to Washington, D.C. is a big deal for most Americans and most Americans will try to make the trip at least once in their life. Mm. Um, I, actually, also- I would say more is this is this is a little weird. Mm-hmm. I would say going to New York is probably more important for Americans. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. Right. I like if you're if you if someone visits yeah. the U.S. for just once, they only have time for a couple of cities. I think the first place they might go is New York City. Yeah. And if their time is really limited, I don't think Washington, D.C. would even be on the spot. I agree with you. <laughs> they will probably have other like they'll probably go to the West Coast. Yeah. Right. Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas, yeah. New York. Those exactly. are probably the big tourist items in America. Yeah. Now, if you don't believe us how packed this is going to be, I have some data to, oh, please. to share in this article. I actually don't remember where it is from because I think not just uh, domestic not watching the economy domestically. A lot of um, outside investors are wa- also closely watching how warm or cold performing here in China. And in this article, it says a sizzling tourism market could be well presumed during the mid-autumn festival and National Day holidays, uh, which extend from September 29th to October 6th this year. So usually they are a little bit further apart. But this year, they're so close. I think they're just lumped together. And so the holiday is a little longer. And hopefully more people are willing to get out and spend a little more, right? Have a little more fun. Mm. Have a little bit more fun and for people to businesses to make more money. So as of Friday, I guess last Friday, domestic bookings for popular hotels in the country during the upcoming holidays jumped by 514% year on year compared with the same period in the pre-COVID 2019. 514%, that's basically just five times. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. And this is the pre-COVID time. Yeah. Yeah. Normal. Right. Yeah. So that's amazing. So, yeah, this is when the Chinese economy was at its peak, basically. Yeah. Normal. And now it's like coming back five times more intensely. That's I think a lot of hotel (laughs) owners are going to be very excited. (laughs) Restauranteurs, you know, tourists, people who work at, you know, I'm going to go out and spend too. I. Because my wife, she took off to the Buddhist temple for a week. Nice. I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a vacation. So I want, she gives me an allowance, by the way, listeners. My wife gives me mm-hmm. an allowance. I'm on an allowance system. My my money, go, my paycheck goes into her account. Mm-hmm. And then she gives me a certain amount, which I am able to spend each month. I'm okay with that too. Sorry, husbands who are listening. Nice. But she gave me mm-hmm. a, a, like a bonus because it's golden week <laughs> and she's going to be gone so that I can be a tourist in Beijing. And so what, I'm definitely going to be going out and like spending some money here and there in the local economy. Like bubble tea on the left and some um, char or what do you call it in barbecued uh, skewers? How do you call that? Shish kebab. Shish kebabs Shish on the kebab. right hand. <laughs> Happy Jason. Well, I'm actually 
I got the only thing I've really thought of in my head so far. Well, two things. I want to go to the Olympic Park where they have this huge viewing platform and it costs like 250 RMB to go to the top of it. It's like being huh. a sky, in a skyscraper where there are no skyscrapers. And from there, you can see. Why would you want to I go there? I can see like 30 <laughs> kilometers in every direction. I'm going to bring my long lens camera and go up there for an hour or two ah. of photography and excitement. For me, that's like the, I'm so excited about this chance to go take my camera out for a ride, basically. So this reminds me of an article that I was reading. So uh, some quote unquote unfortunate tourists from abroad, they probably didn't know about the um, October National Day holiday. So they arrived in China like on the first day <laughs> and they were trying to get into the forbidden city. They could, they didn't even squeeze into Tiananmen square. Yeah. Like this public, huge public square because it was just so packed. And to get on the tower, like the Tiananmen square tower, you require bookings. I know about that. Probably you get it the day before. And for the entire, for their entire stay, they weren't able to get a ticket because like, as you said, you need like high speed internet and you need someone sitting there like, um, you know, waiting for the clock to turn maybe midnight uh, to get next day's tickets. And it also warned in their article that do be aware that these uh, ticket prices do add up. For example, you mentioned that this platform, whatever, in the Olympic Park costs what 250 mm -hmm. that sounds like a lot that's yeah. what how many 30 something dollars the view is like this the nicest it's the best view in beijing oh. i've been up there once before it's better than the um mm -hmm. the CC, old cctv tower on the west side of beijing it's nice. like twice as high as that but it's closer to downtown so the views are spectacular well i hope the weather will be clear on the day that you go <laughs> i'm gonna wait for the day when it's like you know 5 PMI, you know, where it's like the sky is as blue as it's possible. And then I'm just going to go and like and throw down the money and be like, I'm here. <laughs> and Jason will be like taking this water gun out. And whoever takes out a cigarette to smoke, it will be Jason standing right there shooting that uh, cigarette. There's no way. L no pollution. In Beijing? Please. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. this is the most well, beautiful tourists. season in Beijing. I think the weather will be fine. I was thinking about what you were saying about Tiananmen Square and, you know, the whole center of Beijing, the geographical center of Beijing, the old capital area of Beijing is, you know, when I go down there, like I don't go down there. Firstly, I don't go down there on National Day. There's no way. But it, when I go down there on regular days, it is full of non-Beijingers. You can see like all these mm. people with slightly different accents of Chinese, like all. And, you know, because mm -hmm. wherever they're from, there's not a lot of foreigners. They always look at me and they're like, la why, la why, why go around? And so uh, I feel really special. <laughs> and Jason's like, I've been here for 10 years. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't say I've been here for 10 years. I never correct people. I, they don't care. I just smile and wave and whatever. Yeah. But it's good fun. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people do come to Beijing mm. for tourism all year round because people are taking that trip that Bebe has described to Beijing. But this is a big one. This is National Day. So if you can be there on that day, it's a great story. And if you are a foreigner who is caught in the giant crowds. Hey, that's something to enjoy too. Uh, you know, there's something about being an, 
Oh, I think if you get caught here, if you're a China, if you're if you come to China and it's National Day, there are places you can go that are not going to be as busy. You don't need tickets to. So maybe just forget the Great Wall, <laughs> forget like Gugong and, and maybe go to Nanlu Gushang or go to the Hutongs because the Beijing has a lot to offer. You know, skip the Lama Temple and go to Bayungguan, the White Cloud Temple, because there are lot, very few people go there and it's way larger and richer in terms of like what's going on than the right. than the Yonghegong area. So there's so much in Beijing to see that if you're if you show up mm-hmm. and you were like, uh-oh, I'm here, but there's I can't seem to get anywhere, go to like these other places that are less calm instead of come to where I live. Yeah. Empty. (laughs) There's nothing there. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a a beautiful area of lovely homes. It's like the residential community suburbs. It's uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, universities like their second campuses. But anyhow, I don't think they'll be top choices for anyone. But I did find this article from panpacific.com. I think this is like a hotel um, and the name sounds like I can't afford it. But anyhow, they have this nice article offering survivor tips for people uh, coming to Beijing to visit during the Golden Week period. And uh, number one, as Jason said, avoid the usual popular places of interest. So of all the places that pop up in your head, <laughs> strike that, okay? Other people will be there uh, ahead of you. And uh, venture to the lesser known Beijing attractions instead, which yeah. will be plenty. And it suggested booking a private car for sightseeing mm. because public trains and buses are likely to be, you know, stretched to their limits. I'm not sure. Well, buses are probably going to be OK. You know, I'm, I'm, but if I'm you're not looking, sure. Subways will I be packed. I feel like so many, ba- you know, in the Chinese New Year, sorry, Lunar New Year, that whole period, a lot of Beijingers leave. They go traveling, too. Mm. And so Shanghai, right. Beijing kind of empties out a little bit. I know tons of people will be coming into the city at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that subways will be manageable because a lot of the regular nine to fivers will be gone. Well, that's true. Yeah. So you can try your luck, you know, at least once. And uh, <laughs> but do book your tickets online in advance. Like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, we didn't have to book for anything. You know, there were no yeah. reservations. You, you just up. go to places. But with online activities and also with, uh, I don't know, like nowadays, anywhere you want to go, like to the zoo, right, to the aquarium, oh, all yeah. these places or these museum, you have to like book in advance. And I'm still getting used to yeah. that. You're reminding me, people who haven't been to Beijing probably don't know that Beijing has whales and dolphins. Yes, yes, um, because we have kids <laughs> and they have pl- they need places it's to go. It's just surprising to me. I mean, even now, even I- I've been there and I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Beijing is so far from the ocean <laughs> and yet we That's have true. whales. <laughs> and we have seafood too, right? Anyhow, well, yeah. the animals in the zoo probably not happy to hear that. <laughs> and in the same article, it did recommend some best places to celebrate Mid-Autumn Festival in Beijing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I chose this article is because they have some beautiful photos. And one is taken at Beihai Park. It says, watch Beihai Park come alive by moonlight. So I've been to the, mm. you know, whole Beihai Park and the whole place. But during the day, it's beautiful. the yeah. photo on this website, though, is when the light just came on. And it gives us a new kind of like spiritual elegance that you don't feel during the day. During the day, you see this just as a park, right? With a mm-hmm. lake and everything. But when the light comes on, it has a different feel. And uh, so the Beihai Park, I think it's west to west of the Forbidden City. 
and it's the oldest imperial garden in China. And it's pretty, you know, well preserved. And you can go for boat ride. It's very lovely. Yeah, as far as I can remember. And it will be a very nice and clear place to view the full moon. Well, I would actually like to make an alternative suggestion. I love Beihai Park, and I was just there a couple of months ago. It's beautiful. And if you go there, you'll not be disappointed. However, there are a lot of small temple fairs. Beijing has like 100 Buddhist and Taoist temples in, in it. And, and on the ter- in tertiary mm-hmm. areas, it's just bespeckled with them like stars. How Some of those have temple fairs, which have a lot of activities for children, like those sugar candies where they make like phoenixes and like different things. And they have a lot of really cool temple fairs oh, in yeah. Beijing during these kinds of, you know, traditional Chinese holiday periods. So if you come for Mid-Autumn mm-hmm. Festival and you can't get into Beihai Park because it is next to the center of Beijing, you might want to try one of the temple mm. fairs at various Buddhist and Taoist temples throughout the city where there will undoubtedly be activities for the whole family. Well, the candy thing you mentioned, actually, we just um, had that a few days ago. We had a celebration for Mid-Autumn Festival, I guess, a few days in advance in our community. And they hired someone to make that. uh, What do you call this? It's like they paint with caramel. I don't know. Caramelized. Caramelized. Yeah, syrup. Yeah, caramelized. Syrup, right? Sugar. It's like art because they basically take this, for people who don't know, a mm-hmm. flat steel base. Mm. I'm not sure if it's maybe a little cool or something or just room temperature. Mm. And then they drizzle the caramelized sugar onto it until it forms the shape of a, a bird or a pig. Or, you draw with it. Yeah. yeah and can, sometimes they have a wheel you spin and it tells you which one you're going to get or uh. you can get fancy ones. And they kept 3D ones too. Mm. And then they put it on a stick and give it to children. And children have like this right. edible phoenix. Right. You it's probably terrible for you, but it's it's delightful. No, actually, it's uh, it's just sugar, right? Well, Compared to other things, here with, here's like, a bunch of sugar of preservatives. <laughs> yeah, at least it's just pure sugar. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you mentioned the 3D ones. I almost forgot. Like sometimes. Uh, some craftspeople, I think, what well, you call them, whoever make these kind of uh, sugar yeah, yeah, candy, artisans, they, artisans yeah. they put it on a stick, right? And some of them, they blow the sugar, like the melted sugar, like they blow glass. Mm. And so you yeah. have like a 3D cow or, um, I don't know, other or whale or something. Usually they have the 12 animals of the Zodiac. And that's what kids like to pick you know like yeah, my yeah. daughter was born in the year of the horse so she asked for a horse and uh, but mm-hmm. it was like a regular uh, flat one but still very nice like people will line up for that for hours to get it so yes temple fairs yeah, and yeah, also yeah. here in this article it recommended overnight camping at the gray wall of china is that even legal oh my goodness it is. I know people who've done it. They're only I, for you people who love to hike enough or from other countries. It's not Norway and you can't just hi- camp anywhere. You mm. have to go to designated campsites. To <laughs> you can't that. just. That's right. Some people, uh, some <laughs> I think most areas like they are, uh, the, they call it the wild Great Wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just not safe, you know, for people to camp there. Yeah. But there are these agencies in this article is that there are various tour packages available and one particularly mm-hmm. well-rated vendor is China Hiking. And they are two to three day camps covering like various sections of the Great Wall. So for people who are, you know, wild at heart and who has the energy, this would be a great choice. And can, I, can I offer an alternative, baby? Sure. Stay at home. You, 
Uh, well, this is not <laughs> no, a, a great staycation for me, but what's a tourist option for people coming from in out of town is go to one of these towns that they have built, like Gube Watertown. Oh, I love stay that one. In, stay in like a five star hotel. Mm. And then when you wake up, walk out with your espresso in your hand and look up and there's the Great Wall. See, this is the beauty of living in a city like Beijing. Mm. You can find places that's ancient right? And kind of lose yourself in history. You can study history, you can... And have a cappuccino. Yeah, but at the same time, like right across the street or on the same street, you can go to a Starbucks or these fancier boutique little shops and get the latte you want. It's just such a a nice feel. Go hike hike the Great Wall and then get a massage. Right, right under, like at the foot of the hill. (laughs) And the Gubei water town you mentioned, being the hermit that I am, I've actually been there and I loved it. And I even remember Oh, yeah, you're probably not that far from it. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm still, what, like two hours away from it? Oh. But it was, you know, worth the trip. I remember on the way, I was like uh, complaining because I had to sacrifice work for fun. What? Who wants to do that? <laughs> I had to leave work. The peace and uh, the fulfillment of getting something done. I love work, to too. Drive two hours to go to some even more remote place, parts of Beijing. I think there's something wrong with both of <laughs> Maybe. us. Maybe, <laughs> but then I'm okay with it. But once I uh, have you ever felt mm, like you're working and you're like, I'm so frustrated that I have to do this work because there's other work I want to do. <laughs> I uh, mean, I get that feeling I, all the time. Yes. I wish there were two of me so that we could go to work twice. <laughs> we are such geeks. But anyhow, so that day I was on the way and I was like, not I was not too happy going there. But once I got there and walked into that it's like a whole village in itself how was like wow i did not know we had somewhere like this close to beijing or actually part of beijing maybe and it was right under the foot of uh, one section of the great wall um but we didn't get the chance to actually Simitai. climb the wall oh yes Simitai, exactly and it was a water town now i've always remembered beijing as somewhere that's pretty dry you know mm. like water towns belong to southern part of China. Hmm. But this whole place, I think it was once a village and it's not even artificial. It's like a natural village, but then it has become a tourist site. But it's not like that obvious in a way. And there are, you know, bubble tea shops or pastry shops or restaurants. And you, we got a boat ride. Right. And that mm-hmm. all took us all the way to the foot of the Great Wall. But we arrived a little bit too late. So I was fascinated and I would recommend that to everyone. But I think it's going to be pretty packed for the Golden Week holiday. But, you know, you can try your luck. I want to go back to the article you mentioned earlier. Or maybe you're quoting a different article. This is from Global right. Times, Chinese Economy to Witness Robust Consumption Recovery and Upcoming National Day Holidays by Zheng Hongpei. And in addition to the mm-hmm. 514% increase in uh, holiday bookings... It also mentions that China Railway, the nation's state railway operator, Mm. said on Saturday that it sold 22.88 million train tickets on Friday, setting a new record for single day ticket sales. Mm. That that shocks me because this week is secondary in economic growth to Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that 
it sold the most train tickets for a single day ever for this holiday is like really surprising. The You know, there's must be a very robust excitement for travel in China right now because to beat Lunar New Year for single day tickets is absolutely astounding. That is a little shocking because it didn't say uh, a new record for single day ticket sales this year. It just said setting a new record for single day ticket sales. Right. Like ever? Ever. And (laughs) and Friday, that was uh, the start of the pre-sale of train tickets. Mm. So in China, I guess, especially uh, prior to travel rush, you know, I think there are a certain number of days ahead of which you can start buying tickets. And as you mentioned, people literally, you know, sit there with like three cell phones and to use whichever (laughs) one is the fastest and trying their luck to get the ticket. So there's going to be a lot of movement. And also, the country is expected to see 190 million railway trips during the travel rush, according to the operator. I also want to give context. I know that people, most people know this, but for people who don't, when they say railway, they mean this a combination of the the relaxing old style trains that are about the speed Mm -hmm. of American trains, Amtrak. And then they also mean high speed rail, which can travel up to 350 kilometers Mm. per hour. So there's a a vast interlinking of rail all over China of various types. Some of them are like you rent your own little room, has its own bathroom and its own little, I mean, I, I still have yet to do that. I've rented a room that we had to share, but Summer and I are still looking for the opportunity to have our own private room experience have you had the um overnight train experience you get your little own like your own bunk usually there are three layers yeah that's yeah but we had to share the room with other passengers Mm -hmm. so i want my own well you can just buy six tickets (laughs) if you can (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's a nice experience though because growing up that's how i traveled and usually let's say if i wanted to travel from beijing to wuhan i can still the old choice of getting an overnight ticket. So you get on the train, let's say about 7 p.m., and it gets to Wuhan about 5.30 or 6 o'clock the next morning. So basically, you know, you finish dinner, you hop on the train, and you chat with whoever you're sitting with and sleep the next day you're there. So you feel like you haven't wasted any time. Uh, nowadays, is all like a lot of people choose yeah. uh, the fast train, which uh, you can get yeah. there in the same distance, probably in five hours, but it's usually during the day. So you feel like you're losing half a day. So, but now we have both choices, like yeah. older people. The overnight's great because it's like, staying in a hotel for free because you have to pay either way to take the train. But if you take the sleeper, when you arrive, it's morning and it's like you just woke up at your hotel in that town. So it's it's kind of like, yeah, 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 it can be cheaper. It can be cheaper. Yeah. And also Chinese people do travel by air, (laughs) but for a lot of people, it's not their first choice. Like we like to go by train. At least I like to go by Mm. train because it just feels like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's closer to the ground. So the country I was actually I was flying to Hangzhou a week ago and we got delayed and delayed and delayed. We ended up leaving like four hours late, which is rare. And Mm. and I fly all the time. I I take the train all the time. I fly all the time. I travel a lot. But this was very rare. But what happened with the train? That's never going to happen. You're never going to get delayed. You get on the train. It says 916 a.m. Guess what? The train is there at 916 a.m. Out, out, out of the station, already moving. I don't know yeah. why, like trains never have to wait. Like they're not, they're never delayed for some reason. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. so the country is also preparing, uh, getting ready to handle 1.96 million domestic air passenger trips each 
day. Each day wow. during the Golden Week holidays, yeah. Each day, and my and goodness, that is up seventeen percent <laughs> from the same holiday period in 2019. And、um, it's estimated that over 21 million people will travel by air, either domestically or internationally, over the holiday. And this year, I think there will be a lot more outbound. Uh, traveling, it's definitely one of the big ones because I think we were already open December last year, so technically people could have left、mm. China for Lunar New Year. But most, I think, most people were so excited to go back home, home, yeah, in, yeah, in China. So this is. This is, you know, I wanted to ask you though, because you have a daughter and you're here in Beijing. Beijing is has a, you know, a piano、mm. keyboard of things to do. Are you planning on going to local museums or stuff yourself during this time? Well, we actually booked a camp for our daughter, a diplomats camp. Can you imagine? There are all kinds of、wow. camps, and this one is really close to our home. But、mm -hmm. we just got the call that they didn't have enough members、oh. for that to happen. So we are at the point where we. We have to think about something else to do. Museums, so no set plan. Museums will be packed. So you、like, just have to go one of the less packed. Okay, let me give you an example. I don't think they're less packed. No, absolutely. People, <laughs> foreigners, at least foreigners, do not know that there is such a thing as Capital Museum. So everyone knows about the Chinese National Museum, which is the museum to go to in China, which is in downtown Beijing, right next to Tiananmen Square. However, there's another museum called、mm -hmm. Capital Museum to the west, closer to Shenzhen. Where you used to work, and that museum is probably、mm -hmm. not sold out, and it's it's the history of Beijing. Oh, so dedicated to telling people about the history of Beijing. That's right, not the history of China,、that. like the National Museum,、mm. the history of Beijing. Nice, thank you for that tip. <laughs> But I think if you know it, probably like a lot of other parents have found out. <laughs> They will go online and search for places to go because、yeah. um, a lot of people living, actually living in Beijing, like Beijing residents, will be afraid to travel、yeah. outside the city because everywhere else would be packed. But a little bit about international travel because I think this year will be very different. And this is an article from CNBC.com. Which just came out like、mm -hmm. September twenty fifth. So this year's holiday week in China、mm -hmm. is the first since the resumption of international travel in China, and booking for foreign destinations are up nearly twenty times compared to last year. And that statistics is from Trips dot com, and it says bookings for popular foreign、mm -hmm. destinations such as Singapore, Australia. And Thailand have increased twenty times、wow. compared to the same holiday period last year. I guess they started from a very low base last year, but twenty、mm. times is still pretty impressive. Yeah,、um, that's according to travelproviderTrip dot com. And it says data shows that more people they have they see an increase in the purchase of private group tours as well as bookings for less popular、oh, destinations、yeah. such as、uh, Sri Lanka and Uzbekistan. And I think Jason, with ten、oh, yeah. years into the Belt and Road Initiative, I'm looking <laughs> forward to visiting countries in Uzbekistan. Yeah, and, and, and the other、uh, Asian countries, yeah, Kyrgyzstan, to you know、yeah. west、uh, west of China. Yeah, because they weren't really in the spotlight, right? You know, for most people in China, but they're showing up more and more in the Chinese news, where their leaders, you know, came to Xi'an for the meeting, and I've seen videos of,、um, you know, there are videos about. Almost everywhere, right around the world, 
And I saw these beautiful cooking videos. I think it was a family、mm. in Azerbaijan. I'm not too sure、wow. how to say it in English, but Azerbaijan. Yeah, it's almost yeah, the same. Yeah, almost the same. And this this one family, they live in like these、uh, low hills, and I think they have their own farm. And every day they cook their、uh, they pick vegetables from their own garden, and they bake their bread、mm. in this like dirt oven that they made, and it's so peaceful. So beautiful, and they have the reddest tomatoes I've ever seen, and they have this little fountain. That sounds lovely. Like where they live, I think they chose to live where you know they have water resources, and the fountain just keeps going day and night. And they would pick the fresh vegetables and、mm. wash it right there, and it flows to the land. It's just you know, I think the best example of peaceful life. And not completely cut off from the outside world, but、um, it's just surrounded by beauty. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I've been to the movies a lot lately. I know this seems out of left field to say that. <laughs> I've been to the movies in China a lot lately, and there have been a lot of movies that have been made in China that are highlighting the people's concern about some of the dangers of of gang violence in some of the Southeast Asian countries.、Mm. That that those that's a a lot of the movies have been about that theme. So I think that you know I, when I went to Thailand, I think the only time I went to Thailand, my wife and I we went on a group tour.、Mm-hmm. I think that that's a real Really great way to go because we stayed at a very nice hotel.、Mm. It was like a four or five star hotel with swimming pool, kind of like a resort. And what's cool about if you go on a really big group tour it, in to one of these hotels is the hotel becomes Chinese. <laughs> you know, like all the guests, you go、Everybody、swimming. Everybody's talking in Chinese. Everyone there is from China, and everyone's having a good time. And like, so that was really、mm. nice for Summer and I. So I, I recommend group tours. I think it's like it's an safer, underrated、right? way to travel. Yeah, a lot of people like me,、mm. you know, like foreigners, us expats, we like to like book our own hotel, book our own plane, go to wherever we want,、mm. and do whatever we want in our own special way. But actually, it costs like twice as much to do it that, and、way. so much more to worry about. And it's、about. a lot less secure. Yeah. If you have one company doing it all for you, firstly, you know it's cheaper,、mm-hmm. and then secondly, it's a heck of a lot safer because you're with a group of like fifty people, and like the you know they count you every every time you, you get on and off. I'm important. Yeah,、so like- <laughs> I'm. Someone's watching out to make、Aww. sure, like I just d- didn't disappear or fall off the like a mountain or something. You know, I never thought about it that way. Like I'm counted. Somebody's worrying about my <laughs> yeah, safety.、Right. It, it makes me feel better about paying for the whole service. Don't forget to tip. You know, if you're on a group tour. Yeah. And also, when it comes to、uh, more from this article from CNBC, it says at the same time, domestic travel has also recovered. Booking for travel within China are up. Four times is that the same as from the other call from the other article? I'm not too sure. Four times compared with last year's Golden Week. Now that's amazing because last year's Golden Week it wasn't really impacted、mm. by COVID, right? Because last time I think around the national holiday things were okay. It was before everything opened up. So the fact that this year it's four times on the basis of last time's、uh, last year's number that's quite impressive. And、uh, residents are traveling between different provinces and northwest China's、uh, autumn tours because、mm-hmm. a lot of people they go to let's say Xinjiang to view、uh, foliage. Is that how you say it? Like when leaves turn color, foliage. Yeah, foliage exactly. Yeah, and the sights are just absolutely stunning. In northern, yeah, in northern because I, I went to the south myself when I went to Xinjiang. Northwestern, yeah, like the、mm-hmm. whole north is. 
gorgeous rivers, forests. The south, where I went, is like the Taklamon Desert. It's like just sand. Mm. <laughs> well, still sand in the winter, sand in the summer. And actually, even with pandemic restrictions, people move about a lot during these uh, Golden Week holidays. And the number I have here is that the country logged 637 million domestic travelers back in 2020. And besides, um, hmm. yeah, besides traveling, Surprising. this is also the time for shopping and for weddings. You've noticed how weddings in China happen around these major holidays, right? Oh, because all of their relatives can go to wherever. I'm not too sure. Like, there are also peak seasons for weddings in the U.S., right? Because I think you get typically like you get time off when you get married in China. I, I don't know how it is legally, but when I worked for a company before, if you get married and when I worked for that company, it was like two weeks off. Really? Two weeks? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But then, you know, yeah. if you have to plan for the wedding and getting the dress and everything, it just, uh, you can take forever, like a whole month or even more than that. So you, um, if you come here everywhere and you know, come to China during the National Day holiday, you'll see a lot of uh, wedding gowns and celebrations. And also for people who are watching the numbers, you know, for positive signs in the economy, the latest official economic data shows that China's retail sales of consumer goods, a major indicator of consumption strength, went up 4.6% year-on-year to 3.79 trillion yuan in August. And uh, the growth rate was higher than the 2.5% expansion recorded in July. And then coupled with this upcoming holiday, hopefully we're going to see better numbers um, for the third quarter. Wow. And, you know, the economy depends a lot of, depends a lot on how confident people feel about, you know, how things are going. It's not just like numbers set in stone. It's very fluid. You know, it changes according to how people feel about things. So, I mean, also, it's just I go to this website. It's like called tradingeconomics.com. And like it has indicators for every country in the world. Mm. And I think most people who don't understand economics, they don't understand how many metrics there are for any individual country. There's like 200 different metrics. So if you want to mm. like, let's just choose any country in the world, Pakistan, right? If you want to make Pakistan's economy sound like it's doing amazingly, mm. there are metrics you can just cherry Good pick. Point. If you want right. to make it sound awful, there are metrics you can just cherry pick. Mm. So the reality of a country and how well its economy is doing, most articles, even on the professional sites like Bloomberg or CNBC or whatever, mm. they're only talking about a couple of metrics. Right. And then they're comparing them and making a huge assumptions about an economy. The reality is usually much, much, much more nuanced and you need to see mm -hmm. a much, a lot more data than you're usually seeing on these kinds of websites. That's a really good point. And also, <clears throat> also want to ask something about the younger generation uh, in China, because they're becoming a more important consumer group. Mm -hmm. Like when we say the younger generation, usually it means people born after, what do you call them? Millennials? Like post zero zeros. Yeah, there, generation. there's actually their, a new one. First, there's millennials. Then you have uh, people born after 2011 are now be called being called Generation Alpha. And we're talking about children, alpha. basically. Your daughter okay. is Generation Alpha. Oh, OK. So the post zero zeros, I think they're well, they're in their early 20s and probably just started working and making a little money. So he says people born after the year 2000 are becoming an increasingly important consumer group for China's domestic tourist industry and outbound tourism. Mm. According to C-Trip, the booking volume of the so-called post 
Zero's generation increased by more than 10 times compared with the same period in 2019. That's 10 times. In addition, many of these uh, post-Zero's tourists, they're also venturing abroad for the first time. Mm. Yeah, I guess in your early 20s, right? You graduated from college, you probably saved up um, a little bit of money from working for a year or two, and they will probably can't afford fancier trips like to Europe or Australia, but... They like these destinations in Asia with some of the most popular first time international bookings for people aged between 18 to 23 being Bangkok or Singapore, South Korea, Seoul, Tokyo, and and yeah, other like Southeastern countries and cities. You were going to say something? When I was that age, I remember feeling like going on my first or, you know, big vacation by myself or with my friends was like a big deal. It's kind of like proving that I'm a a little person, you know, I'm a real person. I can go to, (laughs) I can take trips too. And so I can. Independent. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of them are, and I think it's definitely easier to travel domestically. So I think there's a lot, Mm. I think. Yes, a lot of people are starting to go abroad, but I think there's a lot of domestic consumption, a lot of internal travel that's going to be. I think this this holiday, course. yeah, this golden week, this combination of holidays is going to be a huge boom for the boon for the Chinese domestic consumption economy and things are just going to accelerate from here. That's my prediction. I could Hopefully. I could be wrong. Uh, we are out of and time, baby. Just one more thing. Just okay, one, more one more thing about the younger generation because my impression of traveling say when i was little when we travel parents will usually pack like so much food (laughs) you know pancakes boiled eggs and cup noodles because they just feel like everything else outside will be expensive Mm -hmm. you know everything will cost money when you're on the road have you been to an airport oh my gosh everything (laughs) is three times more expensive there well yeah but the younger generation nowadays they grew up in wealth a lot of them Uh grew up in affluence and they are no i know they're not going to be traveling with like boiled uh tea soaked eggs that's how we eat you know we put tea leaves when we boil eggs they're not going to be traveling with all that or junk food right they're going to taste whatever the local specialties are Uh, for example the numbers here uh, even when they go abroad for outbound travel and group tour products on the sea trip platform users like these younger generation users they spend over six thousand five hundred i guess on average during chinese labor day holiday an increase of around 25 percent from pre-pandemic levels and uh, the order price of outbound independent travel products are even higher going up to fifteen thousand so about like over two thousand dollars so they will be more willing than the older generation to try new things to buy new things to you know pay for fresh experiences yeah like not unlike when my parents travel, I don't think uh, the businesses will make as much money. <laughs> so hopefully these are a good sign. We are definitely out of town now. <laughs> it was great to talk to you listeners. It was great to talk to you, Bebe. We'll see you next time. If you want to add to this conversation, please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, our listeners. Have a good time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.